0: it's time for another edition of tv channeling rewind where we talk about the latest the biggest and sometimes the weirdest stories in the entertainment world this week so it's time for me to introduce my co-hostess with the mostest tachi what is going on
1: kevin i'm here (laughs) (laughs)
0: all right it's we have no time to waste there has been a lot of weirdness going on in the world of entertainment this week so let's get the party started what is going on
1: okay so let's start we can't ignore the fact that there is all this snowball effect of sexual allegations that have come out ever since i mean And it's not like it just started now. This has been happening. But, uh, you know, again, it started, mm, these allegations started to surface a few weeks ago. And then one by one, these Hollywood mega players and media mega players started uh, coming, not coming out. It started coming out that they were the perpetrators of sexual harassment or sexual and or sexual abuse in several ways. And it's just, it's not even shocking. It just is. (laughs)
0: well um let's talk a little bit about what's been going on with kevin spacey because there has been a lot of events this week um as some of you may have heard already uh the final season well first they uh netflix announced that the next season of uh House of Cards was going to be its last which was new so of course it's kind of convenient that they make that announcement you know the day after there's allegations that Kevin Spacey uh, tried to have a sexual encounter with a 14 year old actor when he was in his uh, late 20s and then if that wasn't enough after a few more allegations came forward the day after that then uh, Netflix surprisingly just announced that you know what we're just suspending uh uh production of house of cards indefinitely so the question is now what are they going to do is the show just going to end unceremoniously with nothing causing you know over 300 people to lose their jobs or will netflix uh, potentially just bring back Kevin Spacey and film the last season of the show or uh, what I actually think is the best solution is to kill Kevin Spacey off screen, his yes. character off Frank Underwood off screen because Robin Wright's Penn's character I believe became president in the final of last season so I feel like have him be bumped off by somebody and then have the show continue with Robin Wright being the lead of the show
1: Kevin, when you said that, I said you are 100% spot on the money. You don't need Kevin Spacey. I mean, and I think this kind of feeds into this whole thing of people think that they're that indispensable that they could do whatever they they like. Not only is there a culture that has perpetuated that, but they think that, oh, well, you need me, so you're not going to get rid of no, which. We could <laughs> off you very quick, very quickly. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, and then the, the third alternative is an in-between thing where you bring Kevin Spacey on to do one last episode of uh, of uh, House of Cards where you end his character in one way or another, uh, end his time on the show, either kill him off or kill him off on screen. Uh, but that could be uncomfortable for some people to have him oh, on my. the set. Even one, even one day, some people might have a problem with that. But
1: Absolutely, especially if there are people who have not come forward already that he may have done something to that could in some way be connected with the production. We don't know. The, things just keep continuing to unfold. So if that's the case or somebody's close to one of those people or whatever, that could be exceedingly uncomfortable. And now you are creating, Netflix, what's called a hostile work environment. When that happens. And Netflix doesn't want to be on the hook for that.
0: All right. Well, you know what? I'm just going to put a, a put it out into the, you know, uh, universe of how I think they should basically do this. First of all, they should have his character be assassinated, because if you were president, even if you're no longer currently president, if you get killed, it's an assassination. So fine. Bump him off. And then uh, the big thing about his character is his character basically turns to the camera and kind of narrates the show. Uh, he breaks the fourth wall. So what I think should happen is at the very beginning of the episode, we are basically see Robin Wright... Pen uh, being told that uh, Frank Underwood has been murdered, and so the uh, so to me they can have a great. He had so many enemy enemies on the show. It'd be a great murder mystery to see played out, like who actually was responsible for his death. So that's a great story arc for the last season. Oh uh, yeah. So so what happens is after she's been told he's dead, we see her go through like the uh, the day or two leading up to his funeral and everything's going on and what's happening in the investigation. And so the last scene of the the first episode of the last season should be uh, at, at the funeral and it should be raining because in movie and TV funerals it's always <laughs> raining <clears throat> so as, 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 uh, at the end of the funeral they basically take the flag off the casket as they're lowering him into the casket and then she's presented with the flag at that point she would turn to the camera breaking the fourth wall and say to us what now and that, and that would be the beginning of her being the narrator of the show
1: so are you, are you then insinuating that the first episode of the next season should be like a Who Killed JR type thing? Exactly.
0: But it, but it, but it could even go it, – it wouldn't be answered in the first episode. It could go on a few episodes uh, or even culminate in the last episode of the season when it's revealed that Robin Wright Penn was the one who actually got him bumped up. I don't know. <laughs> but – um. Uh. They need to get rid of him. The show should continue and give some give fans some kind of semblance of closure.
1: Fans, what about the poor cast? Exactly. They're being punished because <laughs> because this idiot couldn't keep his drunk self together in the eighties or whenever or seventies. What? When, when- 80s, 70s, whatever, whenever it was. Oh, okay, so okay, wait, wait, let's
0: be real, Atachi. It goes beyond the, the 80s, 70s, 90s, and 2000s, and like last week, maybe. So, <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, no, 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 exactly. This is just, but you know, going back to the original allegation, this was like in the 80s, but this has been since then. Of course, if you're not caught or, nobody, or you are caught and then they just let it go, the behavior continues. And um, I'm sure it's continued and continued and continued more than what we've heard thus far. There's
0: there's even there's another allegation um, uh, from someone saying that they actually had a quote unquote a sexual relationship with uh, him when they were 14 and i don't think you can consider it a sexual relationship it's like you were molested no. you're not having a relationship with an adult when you're 14 you're being uh you're being uh, molested you're being assaulted so yeah so i don't think this is the end of this this story as far as in you know the the I don't, apparently he has a has a walk-in skeleton closet
1: <laughs> oh, God, I can't with you. So listen, listen to this breaking news. Apparently, producers are exploring a bunch of options for getting House of Cards back on track. So this whole thing of just dismantle the whole damn thing. I think they thought better of it. To me, that was a knee jerk reaction to this and not wanting to be affiliated with all of the downfall. They said, "Well, we'll just cancel the whole damn thing. Um, y- You forget there are other people on the show. So I think they thought of it. One scenario that's being discussed is to kill off spacey's character uh so you are and then have the show six and final season concentrate on his equally manipulative wife claire so you're right on the money with that
0: all right well i hope that they do it because robin Wright Penn is giving you everything and she was nominated for an emmy Uh, I believe, this past season. So I think that she, you know, her shoulders are broad enough and strong enough, and we saw in Wonder Woman, she can kick much ass. So, yeah, she can handle things on her own. Absolutely. What I'm basically saying, Tachi, is that sister can do it for herself.
1: (laughs) Standing on her own two feet?
0: (laughs) She's bringing bringing (laughs) home her own pay, Tachi. All right.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. So just wanted to say, ooh, just wanted to say that you're on the money because they're also talking about, you know, the producers are worried that these allegations would make moving forward with him, even for one final episode, make it, uh, you know, a toxic work environment, as I was saying. So, yeah, we were right on the money with that. So this is, you know, breaking.
0: Well, one other thing we have to talk about, if we're going to talk about this, we can't not talk about Dustin Hoffman and the allegations of, Uh, made uh, about him where uh, what started with uh, 1985 an intern in 1985 who was 17 at the time has made some explosive uh, charges against uh, Dustin Hoffman saying that during she worked on the TV it was during the TV a movie adaptation of death of a salesman where she said that he was basically giving her uh the a, a very hostile work environment that mm-hmm. was making her feel uncomfortable saying very sexual things one of the things that he said like you know again this this this, this the beginning of our show is not for uh kids but he actually said to her uh um that when she was uh, sent to take his breakfast order, he said he wanted a hard-boiled egg and a soft-boiled clitoris. So that's one of the allegations, as well as that she was asked to rub his feet and that um, he uh, touched her, you know, grabbed her butt and groped her uh, uh a few times so uh, i the director of that uh, death of a salesman tv adaptation has come out to defend him saying that he feels that uh he was trying to make uh the interns feel like they were a part of things and they were young and nervous and so he was trying to like you know make them feel like they're a part of the crew and equals and you part know, of
1: what? a giant orgy By the way, no,
0: he's going to relax you. What's more relaxing than having, when you're 17, having a man in his 40s talk about clitorises to you? I think that's going to relax any kid who's new to a work environment. And so that's the thinking. But the crazy thing, and oh, and the justification for the foot rubs, and again, this isn't – that part isn't being denied because uh, uh, the the director said that's just the kind of person that uh, that he was, a jokester, that he would ask you on Monday morning, how – did you have any good sex over the weekend? yes That's just the kind of guy he was, and the foot rub thing is justified because uh, he would be on his feet. For 16 hours during the day and so a lot of different people on set had, uh, would give him foot rubs that was just how it went down and so as for the uh, the, the director's defense to the uh, groping he's kind of iffy on if that happened and basically said uh, that he doesn't want all men in Hollywood to basically be tarred and feathered well I don't feel like she's tar and feathering all men in Hollywood she's tar and feathering the man that grabbed her ass asked her to rub her rub his feet, and is talking to a 17-year-old girl about clitorises.
1: Well, here's my thing. If you are so quick to come to the defense of this individual and you feel that all men are being tarred and feathered, are you inadvertently telling us that you have some guilt connected with sexual harassment slash assault? That's the only thing I can read into it. And his name, this German filmmaker, is Volker Schlondorf. What a name. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, oh, my God, that name alone is... I think he's the sexually harassing Paul. us with his name. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> the one, name alone. One of the parts of the defense that's re- ludicrous to me is the whole foot rub thing because he's on his feet all day. Dustin Hoffman is is and was a huge star the fact that if he needed his foot rub why wouldn't he have already in or had in his contract to hire an actual masseuse that would be on standby all day on set to rub his feet when they be needed what kind of training is an intern getting was she an intern was she apprenticing for a masseuse no uh so the what is she learning by rubbing that man's feet
1: because dear kevin they, it's not in his contract because that's not the type of rub that he wanted. He didn't want his feet rubbed, really, and he didn't want somebody professional because they weren't going to be with all of that. He needs somebody young and hungry in the industry who will do whatever lest I open my mouth and ruin your chances forever. Because that was really, when you look at it, that is really what was created. And I don't want to just say Hollywood because it's not just Hollywood, but because we're talking about it now with the industry now, that's what I'm saying. But in media and in Hollywood, those, quote unquote, old boys clubs and men's way of doing things and boys will be boys, that was okayed. And it was, you know, often encouraged. So of course, you're going to do it if you think you could get away with it. And you're an unscrupulous person, Dustin Hoffman, because you have not denied it yet. So
0: All right, (laughs) Mr. Hoffman, (laughs) Mr. Slong-whatever, you have been told by one Tachi. (laughs) It is the end of discussion. You are in the wrong. So, Tachi, what else is in the news?
1: Okay. We all have these fears that, like that song by Rockwell, I always feel like somebody's watching me. (laughs)
0: <laughs> or, Blast from the past We yes. can't stop today Exactly <laughs> sisters Or are do- um, Sisters are doing it for themselves Someone's always watching Yes, all your favorite 80s hits on TVC Rewind
1: You started it, Kevin I did <laughs> <laughs> So Facebook has denied That it's listening to conversations Where they've been probed on the le- Relevancy of ads So Last week, no, earlier this week, rather, two Facebook executives took to Twitter to deny that they listened to its users' conversations so that they can target advertising based on what they say. Now, this came to fruition after a podcast surfaced a series of complaints about the over-relevancy of Facebook advertising. So, say you're talking about, I don't know, and you don't look up ego waffles and all of a sudden you see coupons for ego waffles in the on the side, the right-hand side of whatever you're doing. Yeah, that's what they're talking about. So go ahead. I was going to say, <laughs> no,
0: well, I, I am not surprised by this because um, the first... Thing I remember hearing about something like this was with Google of uh, uh, gmail where you get an email from a friend telling you about their incredible Hawaii vacation and then there's a banner ad right at the top talking about great get great fares to Hawaii now when asked about that I believe that um, Gmail was just saying it was just it was like an automatic algorithm that would basically scan the text of an email and give you ads that were basically they felt might help out with that like if you were saying like you know kevin do you want to go out to dinner they're like check out yelp and just i feel like that's an intrusion
1: it's an intrusion first of all don't bloody help me unless i ask for your bloody help second of all don't look through my email text of my email did anybody ask you for your help google no (laughs) no nobody bloody asked you third if it is in fact that this is which i all of these social platforms are saying oh no we never listened to, that's bloody absolute rubbish. I don't believe for a second. I mean, if we're now talking about the fact where Twitter and Facebook and some other social platforms are being called out for the uh, selling ads to, uh, what is it, Russia Today and one other thing, I, I don't put anything else past you. So you're trying to make revenue at the expense of everything else. You, do, you probably do good and damn well that these Russian factions may not have been all upright, but it doesn't matter because we need revenue. We need revenue. So if we need to listen to you to hear what 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 you're going to say, we'll do it. So I'm not saying that that's what happened, but I'm not putting it
0: past that. Well, first of all, on that whole Russian thing, they got paid in rubles, for God's sake. I mean, Thank you. I Thank mean, you. they make Thank them you. work to basically go to a bank and like, can we get these rubles converted into dollars so we can pay off of Facebook? No, they didn't have to do that. So they made it incredibly easy. Um, to overthrow absolutely. our to overthrow to overthrow our election but anyway <laughs> <laughs> oh oh we're laughing now but anyway um
1: <laughs> so so here's the thing pg vote is the presenter of a tech podcast called reply all i absolutely love that name i think that's so clever reply all that is great and he isn't it so he or she i don't know if it's a he or she asked twitter users to call in On October 26th if they believe that quote Facebook uses your mic to spy on you for ad reasons so a lot of people called in and then they gave specific examples of when they mentioned something they were going to buy to a friend they saw it targeted at them on Facebook hours later and some of them qualified their concerns by saying we didn't even search for these products meaning that they could only know if they were using the microphone to listen in but Rob Goldman, who's the company's VP of product for ads and pages, I'm going to add vehemently, they didn't say that, but I'm going to say vehemently denied such actions uh, in response to that original tweet. tweet. And he, he said, I run ads product at Facebook. We don't and have never used your microphone for ads. Just not true. Might as well have added with, at the end, fake news. I mean, come
0: on. Oh, yeah, that's a lot of coincidences uh, happening to people that they just happen to mention something and all of a sudden there's a bunch of ads for it. I mean, that's one of the reasons that people are um, having concerns about products like Google Home and Alexa. I have to whisper because I'm afraid (laughs) she might hear me. So. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but anyway yeah so it's like we have devices in our homes that are listening all the time and we've been all of us have been reassured that it's only listening for its own name and it's not basically jotting down information about what products we're talking about are interested in or things to blackmail us uh information that to blackmail us into buying more stuff um <laughs> so i have no idea but it 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 Definitely um, feels like something's up. And I hope that more people keep doing kind of tests and filming those tests and putting them on YouTube where they mention something and see what comes up uh, in their ads.
1: Exactly. I mean, the only way to do that is to shame them into admitting that this is the case. Again, we don't know 100% for sure, but there are too many coincidences for there not to be a modicum of. Something of truth to this, and you know, you you brought up the whole thing with these devices. I am like not wanting to get Alexa or um, Google. Google Home. I can't say
0: Google Home.
1: Don't uh-uh, because uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. it'll turn mine on. <laughs> <laughs> no, not the the home device by the big G. Um, I don't have that, but I do have that on my phone. And you know, it the, the big G has an assistant. And I was I'm really vehemently against all of that, but I turn it on one day just to see what it does, and it does really make things very easy. But how lazy does that make me? Well, first
0: that of all, I already all, yeah, have a smart if, device. If you wanna if you wanna uh, if you don't want to be lazy, use Siri, get her help because you're gonna end up doing even more work. Yeah, so, (laughs) um, yeah, (laughs) Google's uh, Assistant is a lot better than Siri. I don't understand how Apple is dropping all kinds of balls when it comes to Siri. I mean, she's turning in more and more into a joke.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you already have to, you know, jump through hoops for that to work, because I do have Mac products, but my phone is Android. And by and large, yeah, Big G Assistant works much better than Siri.
0: All right, so what else is going on?
1: Well, we have uh, uh, we actually have quite a few things <laughs> going on. And I, like, feverishly tried to go through. And, oh, didn't something happen to uh, a host?
0: Oh, my God. Are we going to go there, Tachi?
1: Well, you, you mentioned that you might like to go All there. Right, so I think let's... I might.
0: Let's go. Let's go there. All right. Um, uh, for those of you who, if, even if you don't watch the show, you may have heard about it. Uh, talk show host Wendy Williams collapsed uh, during her Halloween episode and um, I mean, when I say, I mean, absolutely collapsed, as in hit the ground, uh, dressed as the Statue of Liberty, no less. It was a really scary moment for uh, fans of the show and fans of the host. And um, after she went down, the uh, screen went to black and there was a, an extended commercial break and uh, they came back uh to basically close out the show and uh Wendy basically said uh that she was overheated in her costume and that's why she passed out and said goodbye and ended the show and it was literally they rolled every possible credit i mean they had so much time to fill so you just saw the audience standing and clapping to the closing music, while she stood there uncomfortably, standing next to Jerry O'Connell dressed as the naked cowboy, and um and they clapped and swayed to the music for I don't know it seemed like an eternity by Calvin Klein. So it was really <laughs> uncomfortable and weird. <laughs> so um, there's a lot of speculation by you know some people named Kevin because. <laughs> there was a huge uh kind of a story or expose in the daily mail about the fact that uh there's trouble seemingly trouble in her marriage where her husband has been photographed uh going into a, a, a house that isn't the one he shares with his wife and child uh and staying there overnight and his name is on the mailbox of this house and um there's a woman that lives there and so they're basically saying that he's dividing his time between both houses and oh did i mention that he has paid for the house that this woman this mystery woman is living in and so far when ad- uh, addressing the this particular story on her show all Wendy Williams said was don't believe the hype and that's it so there's been speculation that she's been really stressed because she's got she's lost a lot of weight recently and now with collapsing there's you know people wondering what's going on here now the following day she claimed this could have something to do with you know her going through menopause and a hot flash now i don't know any any of you out there that may have mothers uh, aunts, cousins, sisters, or even yourself who has gone through the change, have you collapsed? So, I don't know.
1: I've never heard of anybody collapsing because of menopause. That doesn't mean it doesn't happen. But the more likely story is the stress and this extreme vegan diet that you're on is making you, she's gotten super real thin as of late. And it's like, mm, I know that sometimes when you change your diet, especially if you go vegetarian or veganism and you're very strict about what you eat, yeah, that can happen and you get healthier. But she just looks very real thin. I mean, to the point that now her body is disproportionate with her chest.
0: So, oh, okay. yeah.
1: I, yeah. And not to be funny, because Wendy, you kept me company uh, many a days when I was um, teaching at, uh, in Baltimore. Morgan State University in Baltimore, and I needed to wait to make that drive back to D.C., and I wasn't doing it in traffic, I would sit and listen to Wendy Williams on uh, WBLS, and then the whole after show, so you kept me company, so fist up for you, Wendy. However, let's be real, and here's the thing, she's very, we all know that she is a, a gossip queen. Right. Yeah. As if What we're doing right now is not that. But I'm just saying she is a gossip queen. And it's really interesting to hear her talk about other celebrities, relationships and especially, you know, on the women's part and what they should do and what they shouldn't do yet in her own relationship. I don't know that she heeds her own advice, because here's the thing. This is not new. She talks about that, this in her book, Wendy Brings the Heat, not this the woman thing, but the fact that he's cheated before. So I, I all I can say is do you, boo.
0: Well, I, one other thing I want to add, she did make some kind of statement somewhere of saying that uh, this woman that her husband has been sided with and um, whose house he's uh, buying a house for, um, that she's a family friend. Now, I think she's clearly his friend. I don't know if she's Wendy.
1: <laughs> so that's not that's your friend. That's all I'm
0: going to say on that. So,
1: Wendy, that is not your friend. That's like me saying right. <laughs> Idris Elba is a family friend.
0: No. <laughs> well, yeah, if, if your boyfriend basically finds out that you're buying Idris Elba a house and you're spending the night is at that house over and over again, I don't believe he would refer to Idris Elba as a friend anymore.
1: Hell to the no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on. All right, Tachi, so what else is going on?
1: Okay, you like HGTV, don't you, Kevin?
0: Um, Only a little bit. I may have seen one or two shows on that network, perhaps.
1: Don't believe the hype, he owns stock in HGTV (laughs) people.
0: Well, what's going on with HGTV right now?
1: So, we already know that renovating is never an easy task, as we always see on HGTV. And if we remember, back in September, it was announced that uh, the darlings of the channel, basically, Fixer Upper. The stars are Chip and Joanna Gaines in Waco, Texas. I always said, who lives in Waco? Apparently, people do live in Waco, Texas. They're going to be leaving HGTV after their fifth season, which is just upcoming. So this new season that's starting is their last season. But, you know, they've got, I was like, oh, but they've got a lot of other businesses and things going on. And I guess they're trying to spend time with uh, family because I know that they're like diehard Christian and that's a whole big thing for them. So in any case, they're leaving. And this actually sent shockwaves through the fan base. This is their number one rated show. So imagine when you know how people are when you okay let's use you as an example. <laughs> you know how you are with Game of Thrones.
0: Yes, and how
1: annoying. And how annoying. Wait, Game of Thrones. There's one other show that West you're
0: World. On
1: the world and how you are on a one man vendetta, one man uh, tirade to single handedly. Bring down the throngs of HBO because you have no idea of when this show is coming back or what what the hell else is going on with it. So picture that emotion and then picture HGTV fans of Chip and Joanna Gaines. It's about equivalent.
0: All right. Look, okay, let's just cut to the chase. All right. There are, again, there are people out there that are speculating named Kevin That this is a ploy that um, they, good and well, probably are leaving that network, but I don't believe they're done with television. I believe that they're gonna base, they've gotten offered a better deal at either someplace like TLC or uh, a country music TV to go and do what they do uh, there. A for more money to probably own all rights to the show outright. They're, they can and they can get a much better deal because of how big they have gotten since they started on HGTV. That's one thing. And also, there was some tension between uh, the Gaineses and uh, HGTV because there was talk at one point about the fact that because of the church that they're a part of, you mentioned how they were super Christian. Um, some might say they're super Christian and slash super homophobic. And they were uh-huh. talk about the fact that there's never been a gay couple or lesbian couple on the show. And that HGTV was basically trying to get that to happen, but it seemingly never did. Uh, as a last word I heard was it never happened. So there was some weirdness about that. So the idea that they could go somewhere like uh, a CMT Or the learning channel, and the learning channel is like they're cool with anything. They let it all hang out, whatever. What you do, they take that you do you boo thing to new heights. It's like, well, I don't care what kind of weirdness you're, whatever (laughs) kind of weird, whatever crazy cult you could be a part of. They're cool with it as long as you bring people that you bring eyes to the sets.
1: Exactly. I I don't. I'm wondering where they were going to find a gay couple in Waco, Texas. But I digress. Again, what do I know?
0: They could have shipped one in. But but one thing I will like to say about, I am really bothered by the direction of HGTV as far as its programming, because literally every show, there's only two kinds of shows on, on HGTV now. There is every conceivable version of house hunters there's you know international and basically u.s based and then they have house hunters where are they now they also have house hunters renovations where it's like you see the first half of the show was an episode of house hunters you already watched and the second half is we bought a fixer upper now we need to fix it up and so all the other shows are house flipping shows house fixing up shows and it's like Seriously, there's nothing else you can do because back in the day, not so distant uh, past, HGTV had some really cool shows that were just about design. They used to have uh, shows like The Ultimate Kitchen where they would literally tour every Saturday just the most incredible kitchens you ever saw. I'm not saying I used to watch that show and have it on my DVR. I'm not saying that, even though that's the case. So then (laughs) there was – a they had they had other shows that were just about decorating so now everything is about you know um, flipping houses and another thing that they do now is because of the success of of, of the gains is everybody is now a couple there's they have several couple based you know shows where we're a couple that's renovating houses and flipping them so um, I can't even remember the names of all of them
1: Um oh. One, the one with uh, Tarek and Christina, Flip or Flop.
0: Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. And that's not, look at them. That's another another danger of having all your shows be based on adorable couples. Yeah,
1: because these adorable couples don't bloody last. They have filed for divorce and they're actually going through with this divorce. That's going to be interesting to see what their working relationship is like.
0: Oh, wait, but did you hear about uh, as far as in what supposedly broke up that adorable couple?
1: I did, but go ahead and tell us.
0: Okay, but yeah, the um, she basically apparently is with the uh the contractor who used to basically help them uh do these renos. So um, yeah, so don't keep your don't let your lady be around someone who's really good with their hands. It's not going to end well.
1: Uh oh. Uh oh. Well, okay. So back to fixer upper in 2018, May of 2018, HGTV is going to launch a 15 episode fixer upper behind the design and it's an hour long series that will take a deeper look into their previous renovations and you said this they just keep doing the same thing so it's going to look into their previous denegations uh denegations renovations, renovations. Yes, uh, from existing footage. So, oh my
0: God! Okay, you know what? That is, oh my God, that is so much BS. But the sad part is, there are people who are watching, going to watch this. Please don't. This is literally like the best of. This is just like remember that time we rede- we decorated this the house on on uh, East Fifth Street. Yeah, that was a great time.
1: Yeah, remember- it is like the best stuff. And, and to me, it's a late. And what you're talking about in terms of the direction of HGTV. I I find it the lazy person's way of getting content, because there is so much, when you look at online content, there are things that are similar to what HGTV does, and they're doing amazing things, but, you know, HGTV is just keeping on with the same old, same same old, and I think by other um, disdain, I shouldn't say disdain, because I like HGTV, but what I don't like is their lack of diversity and of course they've been dinged for it. I, I'm like like uh like people from the Midwest are the only people that um ever buy and renovate and flip houses.
0: Like okay, went- you know what? There's a they they're they're basically speaking to you, Tanchi. They're answering that because I saw a commercial for a new show. I can't remember the name yes. of it, but they found a new couple that happens to be uh, of uh, African American descent. And yes. the, if that's not enough for you, uh they're no. also both Veterans, and what do they do now? They're basically buying and renovating and flipping houses. So, Great. What? and again, what? another married couple flipping houses, they seem adorable now until basically somebody gets caught cheating with a contractor. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> just uh, enough with these adorable couples that are flipping exactly. Houses.
1: This is flipper flop Fort Worth that you're talking about, and it's Ashley and Andy Williams, and they have twelve years of military service between them. And the the, the cool thing about this is that they're making it a priority to hire veterans, so that's a really good thing uh, in, in terms of that. So I, I mean, they try look, they've been trying to be diverse in terms of the situations and things, but I just don't think they try hard enough. For goodness sake, I lived in D.C. for nine years and all you saw was couples of color uh, buying homes and renovating and doing things. Same thing when you look in New York and Harlem and things like that. They just don't try hard enough. And I'm not just talking about black. I'm just saying in general.
0: All right. Well, I do think that there is diversity. There's been more diversity, I'd say, in the last year or so on shows like House Hunters, uh, where they're they're trying to get a more interesting mix of people on House Hunters. But my last thing I want to say about uh, HGTV is, you had some really good shows. You need to mix it up. I, I can't watch any more couples. Um, and I I'm counting uh you know uh those brothers as a couple. Um, <laughs> that um uh, oh, that, the uh, that that are renovating uh renovating and uh, flipping properties. No more oh, renovation. Yeah, the yeah, the property brothers. Yeah, um yeah, enough with that. Do mix it up. Go back to some of your classics like Curb Appeal was a great show, all about basically uh people uh adding value to their home and fixing up the front of their house. There's got to be some other shows you can do. Oh, another great show from the past was Designing for the Sexes, where you had a couple, and Ooh. they had very different tastes. They brought a designer in who basically worked with them to try and uh, blend both their styles into something great. And lastly, I'm going to give you one last tip, because this was you were owned by the same corporation. You used to have a show on your sister channel, Fine Living, called Catalog This bring it back it was genius genius bring it back
1: all right you heard that from kevin
0: (laughs) all right we're getting time for us to wrap the show up so what is our final story
1: well we can't talk about new without talking about what is new iPhone X, iPhone 10 dropped today. Hells yeah. <laughs> Did you get one? Did you? Were you one of the many fools, excuse me, one of the people standing in line to get your iPhone 10?
0: Hells no. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Was I standing in line to get a new $1,000 phone with some weird, it has like a, the phone has a widow's peak. It has that weird notch <laughs> at the top. It looks like it's a, it's the Eddie Monster of phones. That weird thing at the top. I don't understand why they even did that. Why not black out the whole top? And because it's even it's weird when you look at images. I don't understand why. At least when you look at images. Why it doesn't it doesn't black out the little notches. I could I've heard an argument the argument for the notches is at least they can give you a little information like your ba- uh, what your battery, what, what uh, the status of your battery uh, or time in in the different notches of the two notches. But I feel like at least have those notches go black when I'm looking at a picture, I don't want to see like a weird notch in my photos.
1: Yeah, no, I don't I don't like that. <laughs> I, I, I don't like that notch at all. Uh, so let's talk about price. Uh, you, most people probably know, but if not and you were in the market for one, the iPhone the the 64 gig is 999. So that's $1000. You don't fool me with your $1 app. <laughs> <laughs> and then the 128-gig phone is $1,149. Uh-huh, again, 1150 So by the time you pay tax, you're almost at $1,200, and you're over $1,000 with the 64-gig. Um, it, it apparently has some great features. The big thing is the facial recognition. So it has no home screen or no home button, rather. So there's no more home button that you press. You have to use a series of gestures for things to work on this phone. And unlocking it, you use facial recognition. I mean, you I can, can say
0: it up, of, for for $1,000. I can think of one gesture I'd like to use on the phone.
1: <laughs> That's why you're not going to get the phone. And nor <laughs> <am>
0: I. <laughs> it would make a lovely co-host gift, though. I'd accept it if it were a gift.
1: Oh, and I hope that you find a co-host that will gift you that iPhone. <laughs> Because this is not Oprah, you get a car, okay?
0: (laughs) Oh, oh no. Well, you know what? You're one of my favorite things.
1: Oh, well, thank you. And you're one of my favorite things. Just not enough to give you an (laughs) iPhone. (laughs) So some users, though, have reported like within the last two hours because, you know, people have been standing in line like fools all day. I shouldn't call them fools. I I just really think that time could be better spent someplace else. But hey, you have the money, do you? Some iPhone uh, users are having problems activating their phones. There are a number of people that uh, have gotten on, gotten on Twitter and reported that they, within the last two hours, have been having issues activating their new phones, and it seems to be affecting some at and Verizon, and Sprint users in the last few hours. Uh, when they get try to activate their phone, there's a message that pops up saying the activation server is temporarily unavailable. Now, I'm thinking this is probably due to the sheer numbers of people trying to activate at once. That could be the problem.
0: Okay, first of all, not only are these people suckers for uh, for buying <laughs> these phones on day one and paying $1,000 for the cheapest possible version of the phone there's that but then also being that early of an adapter where you have to get it on the first day and try to like no let the kinks get worked out by these other weirdos uh these other which rich weirdos or with a lot of disposable income or who are living in somebody's basement i won't say their mothers it could be their dads as well but anyway um <laughs> <laughs> you know wait a little while and let it play out and wait a week or two and then uh, uh uh you know throw your money down after all the reviews are in and people have actually had it. But I feel like why would you pay this much for the first version of this? Because believe me, the second version of this uh is gonna be so much better than this one. Um I would not throw my money down for a, a Eddie Munster in foam form.
1: Ooh I love that. And they probably are going to have a phone case that's Eddie Munster anyway just because you said that but I agree I think you should never buy the first generation of any technology because there are always kinks in the first generation Wait wait a year if you already have a phone like if you if you're on iPhone 3 and you really seriously have to upgrade you've waited I get it so you may want to upgrade to this but even then the eight may be a better choice for you than the 10 and the 8 came out you know they had to have something this is what i've heard that part of the thing is that this was not this is the 10th anniversary of the iPhone in case you didn't know so that hence iPhone 10 so it was it was at first projected that it was not going to be ready for the 10th anniversary let alone so what they did is they introduced an iPhone 8 so that they had something to announce and show at the September event and um, yeah, so it ended up that it was ready because it was released today. But sometimes I'm like, you know, wait and get it right. But well, they're also
0: having issues with production. And there's There's also a threat of there being like a shortage of them for the Christmas season, which is probably why people are standing out in line for it. Uh, but again. I feel like the second generation is going to be better and also there's already there's issues where there's been uh, people doing videos where they try to trick the facial recognition and apparently you can easily trick it like if you have on a scarf that's too big uh-huh. um, or if you change your glasses sometimes it uh, doesn't recognize you so uh, yeah to me it's it, this is the very beginning of this technology I feel like why not wait for the next phone it's going to be if, if if not cheaper it'll be the exact same price it's going to be better it's going to be thinner it's going to be lighter it's going to have more features and hopefully it won't look like a scary monster werewolf child
1: <laughs> that's like having uh, they have they released AI babysitters artificial intelligence babysitters and you buy the first generation and let it uh, take care of your newborn to me, well, if you don't, make- if, you know if you don't really like
0: the kid then yeah maybe you can, <laughs> you, can, you can basically take a chance
1: so, yeah, that's that's it, that the new iPhone is out today, but my suggestion is wait. I would always say wait, check out the iPhone 8 first if you really have to upgrade. If not, I would say wait a year because the, be for damn sure, watch. As soon as all this happens, there's going to be a patch that is sent out to fix some bug or something because that always happens because what happens is they're trying to rush to market and some things get overlooked just in the name of trying to have something out there. So wait, if you can wait, which you can, this is not a 100% necessity, wait.
0: All right, Tachi, I think we have just concluded our second episode of TVC Rewind. All right, Tachi, tell people uh, where they can find us um, of uh, our actual full podcast.
1: Yeah, so besides listening to us on Anchor, You can find us everywhere. TV channeling is on SoundCloud, iTunes, Twitter, not Twitter. We are on Twitter, but SoundCloud, (laughs) iTunes, Podbean, which is also tvchanneling.com, and Stitcher. So to skip all of that, you could just go to tvchanneling.com and listen to us there.
0: And we would love it if you would subscribe to us on iTunes or any of those other platforms that Tachi just mentioned. And if that isn't enough, TV channeling love, the, uh, you can also show us uh, uh, love. By following us on social media because we are everywhere. We are available on Snapchat. You can, uh, you can also chat with us on Facebook uh, and we're on Instagram or the gram and we're also available as Tachi said true enough on my personal favorite twitter so follow us there and if you have any questions about any of the things that we've talked about you can um actually call in to us here on anchor or you can message us on any other social map and let us know what you like to hear us talk about what news stories and also uh coming up on tvc rewind we're going to be start uh doing a rewind of actual episodes of some of your favorite shows so if there's a show you'd like us to basically do an episode recap on We would love to hear from you and take your suggestions.
1: Absolutely.
0: All right, Tachi, I think it's time for us to say goodbye.
1: All right, let's do that. And I'll sign off the way we sign off on the podcast.
0: Goodbye from Tachi. And goodbye from Kevin. And remember, if you're watching it, we're talking about it. Cheers. Bye. Hello Tachi and Kevin, it's Carolyn here from The Savoury Breakfast. Just calling in to ask, do you ever review UK TV? Uh, And if you do, which programmes do you like to talk about? Thanks, bye for now. Carolyn, thank you so much for your call, your first time call, and your question about UK TV. All right. We've actually reviewed a couple of uh, UK shows on TV channeling. Tachi, what was the first UK show we reviewed?
1: I think the first one we did was American Treasure. Sorry, National Treasure. (laughs) (laughs) It
0: wasn't American. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was national treasure. And it wasn't this nation. It was yours, Carolyn. It was your national treasure. And um, yeah, that's available on uh our uh our uh podcast you can just like scroll back through some of our past episodes and you will find our review of national treasure and uh it's on hulu for those of you who don't know it uh, was available in the states on uh hulu and um i believe we also uh reviewed another show that was at least a uk or british partnership show and my if i'm correct tachi
1: yeah and i'm gonna let you tell us all about it <laughs>
0: all right (laughs) i throw to you you throw right back to me all right i believe it was the collection on amazon and i believe that that was a a uk and a a french production Mm -hmm. and um, that uh, the review of that is also available on itunes stitcher Podbean, and uh, the easy way to find any of our past reviews is just go to tvchanneling.com. Now, uh, our love for uh, UK TV goes pretty deep. So, Tachi, let her know about some of your UK TV love.
1: Well, first of all, I got into watching British comedies and British programming yeah, UK programming in general, not just British, but UK programming in general, because of the fact that my mom lived in England for about 10 years. So before she moved to the US, she lived in London and Dover and all over the place. So I absolutely love Britcoms or British comedies. There's, there's something about the humor that just sits well with me because you have to think about it. It's intelligent comedy, which I absolutely love. So things like keeping up appearances Faulty Towers, um, even back to Benny Hill. <laughs> uh, uh, as time goes by, are you being served? Uh, there are just so many, I can't even go on <laughs>
0: Oh my God! Yeah, I I completely agree. I love pretty much everything on your list. All right, who? What kid did not grow up like laughing hysterically at Benny Hill? And those kids who <laughs> did, those kids who didn't laugh at that in, incredibly inappropriate humor, I feel sorry. You you're you were you were abused child. It's sad. It's sad. Now, <laughs> now, when it comes to Britcoms, my uh, one of my hands down favorites has to be Are You Being Served? I could watch any episode of Are You Being Served. Any time of day or night, <laughs> any, any at the drop of a hat, if it's on, I'm watching it. End of discussion. Uh, another, uh, more recent Britcom, uh, that was one of my personal favorites, and I wish, wish, wish it would come back, even in movie form, would be the it crowd mm. loved it, mm-hmm. loved it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's another great thing. Um, as far as um, uh, current British uh, shows, it's it, for some reason a lot of things aren't getting to us as fast as they used to, uh, even via uh, PBS. I mean, um, if you want to kind of oh well, how can I not, how can we talk about British TV and not talk about? Downton Abbey. Oh, of course.
1: Downton oh my Abbey. Oh,
0: God. Yes. Yes. I know you're
1: a huge Downton Abbey fan. Huge and you Downton know...
0: Abbey fan. Seen every episode of Downton Abbey and uh, many of them more than once. And um, another thing I love uh, oh, my God, Grandchester on PBS is. Everything. It's an incredible show. It's about a conflicted priest who's, uh, you know, in the 1950s, uh, who's trying to run his small town parish and deal with a woman uh, that he's in love with that he shouldn't be in love with. And With all that going on, he has to solve a murder every week. So (laughs) absolutely love that. And I'm a fan of any kind of murder mystery. And this isn't exactly British, but I'm going to mention it anyway because it's British adjacent. Uh, And that is Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. It actually takes place in Australia. So, you know, there would be no Australia if it weren't for the UK. So take that.